Today on the show, we're going to talk about why you're having difficulty accomplishing your goals, the excuses that you make and what these excuses really mean, the underlying issue. What is your excuse for not being able to do what you want? I'm putting together an episode dedicated to relationships. I will have a co-host who is an expert on emotional connection and intimacy join me to answer your questions. So please, submit questions that are related to relationships with friends, partners, or colleagues, anything that ranges from emotional connection, intimacy, or any other challenges that you are encountering in your relationships. You can go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a place where you can push a button and record your question. You can also type up the question, but it's better to record it so we can hear your voice and, and feel the energy of the caller. And it's a good opportunity to get the feedback from me and also an expert in emotional connection and intimacy. She has a very good view of this and a very good understanding, and we can help you with any difficulties that you may be facing. And it'll be an interesting episode. So please, again, submit your questions for this episode. And as always, please continue to share, rate, and review the podcast. This helps me get the word out. It helps me to expand the listener base, to get more people like you listening and to increase the podcast and get more guests on it. So again, go to Apple Podcasts to review it, share it, and rate it. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, please support it by making a donation. This really helps me cover the cost of the podcast, and it's a good way to show your appreciation for the information that I'm providing for you. Again, you can go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and at the bottom of the website, there's a donate button, and your donation will be greatly appreciated. And for all of you who have already made a donation, thank you for your support. Now let's get to it. Beautiful am I. Bountiful am I, blissful am I, Wahe-Huru, beautiful am I. Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where I share stories from my unconventional life and relate the psychological insights that I learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your awareness of your own self-limiting patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For those of you who are new, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host to the Story of Me podcast. For returning listeners, welcome back. It's good to have you again. How are you doing today? Today, I thought that I would talk about something that is relevant in today's climate 
given the circumstances of everyone's life for the past year. And this is related to motivation and making excuses and accomplishing what you set out to and understanding what you want to accomplish. And I know everyone is going through difficulties because of the uncertainty, of the sudden change in your lifestyle. And I can tell you from my own experience that it is quite challenging when things are out of your control, right? You're subject to these government mandates, and there's no telling when things will go to what we call normal. And as a result, there's many people going through challenges mentally. If you're predispositioned for depression, maybe this is making your depression stronger or deeper. And even if you're not, this has to have some impact. In fact, I think the mental health impact of what is going on is going to be much, much worse than what is actually going on in relationship to this virus. And I I think it's going to be many years until we start to see the effects on children specifically, but also the rest of people, adults as well, of what impact this had psychologically on the public. One aspect of this is depression. I've spoken with many people who have been depressed because of this situation. And I can tell you, even my own self, I've been going through some difficulties finding motivation and finding this way to move forward in this environment. And one thing that it has brought about in me, and I'm sure many other people, is to show you what is really important in your life. What are you missing the most? And what have you been putting value on that now you don't put so much value on it? And I think your perspective, because of these conditions, have changed. And I would really look at this. What have you missed the most from this situation? What do you value more than you did before this situation? And I can tell you from myself, and I'm sure this would be for most people, is that you recognize how important relationships are in your life, how important it is to be surrounded by people that you feel connected to. And when you don't, then you start to lose focus. You start to maybe even withdraw even more. I know this is one thing that I go through is when I feel this disconnection, I actually disconnect myself more and it perpetuates the situation. And it's important to recognize what you're doing, that you are perpetuating your own suffering most of the time, and it's a punishment to yourself, not to the other. So the depression that people may be experiencing because of the situation is related to almost that of depression of death. And let me explain a a little better. 
I did an episode, I believe it's episode five, on how to elevate yourself from depression. So I I recommend that you listen to this episode as it goes into more detail than I will hear about depression. I'm just going to discuss uh, one aspect of it, really. Overall, what I said is depression in episode five is it's related to false identification. Now, of course, we know that there's depression related to trauma, whether it's a physical head trauma or, or different kinds of trauma, that there's depression related to this. And this is not so much what I'm talking about today or what I was talking about in episode five. What I'm talking about is depression that's related to this idea of false identification. What depression really is, it's a growing pain. That if you're looking at yourself in a wrong way, you have this wrong idea of who you think you are, that something in your life changes, and now you don't see yourself as this person, you start to feel lost, and you start to feel that you're losing meaning in your life. Let me give an example. Let's say that you are married, and so you say, I am a husband, or I am a wife, and I have a family, and you identify yourself this way. You feel proud of this. You you feel strongly connected to this situation. Then the situation changes, whether your partner leaves, or you get divorced, or, or the partner dies, and this way of looking at yourself no longer works. And so you start to feel lost. You start to feel depressed. And what it is, it's the internal self trying to find a new center, trying to find some identification. And the stronger that you're attached to these ideas of who you think you are, the more difficult it will be to let go of this depression. Again, the same way as if you're a lawyer and you lose your job, you start to lose this idea of who you think you are, this value of yourself. And so until you replace this value with something else or learn to let go of it, you're going to feel depressed. And you can say that it's kind of a dying of a part of you. It is the death of something that no longer works for you. And so you have to learn how to see yourself differently. And this is why in the previous episodes where I talked about this false identification of who you think you are, this is a very important aspect of life because it goes not just about self-awareness, but about depression, about motivation, all these aspects of how to focus this concept you have of who you think you are. And it's it's this internal death that you feel you're going through. And this is even how some people describe their depression as a, a, a death. And I, I find even for myself in these situations like we're in with this virus and being locked down and being uh, apart from people in your life, your friends, your family, uh, the loved ones in your life, that you start to feel this disconnection and you start to say, what is my life? What, what is going on with my life? How do I focus my attention 
to do something, especially if you've lost your job and you lost your business, which many people have because of this situation of the government's closing the businesses down. And you start to look at yourself and say, well, now how do I find my value? What is it that I need to do to get out of this situation? You may feel that you're in a hole, that you're behind on your bills, that you're not able to do things the way you were doing them before, and maybe before you're doing them quite well. So how do you get out of this? And it's allowing this identification of yourself to die, is allowing this part of you that doesn't work in this current environment to go. And I can tell you from my own perspective, I've had to change how I do things. I was traveling around, giving workshops and yoga centers around the world, giving consultations. And for almost uh, more than a year now, I haven't been able to do that. And so I tried to change the way I, I express myself through this podcast and, and through the, some writing projects and, and other ways. But it's a process. It's a process of letting go of this idea of what was working to try to find something that will work. Because if you're holding on to this, it's going to bring suffering. You know, I was doing quite well with my workshops and doing quite well with consultations and traveling around the world, and now all this business that I built up is is gone. Most of the yoga centers that I did my workshops at are out of business, and so these people are suffering as well. And it's very difficult to let this go, right? To let this go and say, okay, I have to recalibrate how I express myself, how I move around this new environment, and to let go of this idea of how I saw myself. And this is what you need to do is, no matter how successful you were before this began, is to let go of this idea. Because the more you cling to it, the more suffering you're going to have, the more difficult it is to change. You need to then reorientate yourself to view yourself without these preconceived ideas of how things were before this began, because this is an attachment to the past, saying, I wish it was like it was before because I was doing well or things were perfect. And this may be true. They may have been ideal situations for you, but it's no longer this way. You have to let go and focus on the present. A good way to do this is to look at what this situation has brought to your attention what you miss the most from the way things were to the way they are now, or what have you missed most during this situation. And like I said, for me, a big change was that I started to see how important the relationships in my life are and how I need to maybe work on these better. And for you, you can look at what gives meaning to your life. Maybe what gave meaning to your life before this began is different than what gives meaning to your life now. And so this is one of the factors of motivation, especially in this 
climate when we are being locked down uh, sporadically and without our consent and without the ability to really be free. And for many people, this is a very difficult issue. Depression is just one factor of motivating yourself. And I I brought it up just because I think this is a big factor for people in this climate. But what I wanted to spend more time on, some concepts that are relatable, independent of depression or independent of the situation that we're in right now. And this is related to this idea of what is your excuse for not doing what you want to do. And this is something that I've really given quite a bit of thought to for my own personal reasons, whether I was on the excuse side or listening to people give their excuse. I remember when I first started to really put this kind of holistic idea together of what is your excuse? And it's related to when I did my first Vipassana retreat. I don't know how many people out there have done Vipassana, and they have these retreats, and it's a 10-day retreat where you meditate 10 hours a day for 10 days while maintaining silence. I recommend it to everyone. I think it's it's one of the most powerful meditation uh, methods. It's the method that Siddhartha Gautama uh, Buddha used to become Buddha, and uh, it's very powerful to understand the self through the mind and the body. And during my first retreat, it was such a powerful experience for me. I did my first retreat in India in Bodh Gaya, which is the place that's made famous by Buddha because this is where he sat under the Bodhi tree and became self-realized. He achieved Buddhahood. A few days into this retreat, I started to feel so alive and so good and so clear-minded that I started to think about my friends and how I wanted to tell them about this experience, to share this experience with them, and to recommend it to them. I couldn't wait for this experience to be over for me to tell my friends. And in my mind, I started to think about this because I was thinking of one friend in particular who I I believe that this would be perfect for their, their mentality and their framework. I started to think how this person is going to respond to me. And I just could hear it in my mind, them saying, oh, I want to do it, but I can't. I can't get off of work. I can't find the time. I don't have enough money. I have responsibilities and all these excuses that they would make. And I find that this happens quite frequently, right? You have something that you really enjoy doing and you want to share this with someone and you tell them, oh, you should do this. You should try this experience. You should. And many people go, oh, I want to do this, but I can't get off of work. I want to do this, but I don't have enough time. Oh, I want to do this, but I have family obligations. I have uh, my kids this weekend. I can't do and all these excuses. And we have heard all this before. 
whether we're the ones making the excuses or we're the ones recommending the experience and listening to these excuses. And so I started to continue this inner dialogue of trying to convince my friend to do something that he probably would want to do, but wouldn't, and how this seemed very strange. Why, why is it difficult to try to convince someone to do something that they want to do, but yet they don't do it? One is very frustrating because you know how much they would benefit from this or how they would enjoy this. And so I started to reflect on all the experiences that I've had, the ones that I've accomplished and, and the ones that I've passed up. And so I tried to classify these and think about what things did I want to do that I did and what things that I want to do that I didn't do. And what is the difference? Why did I do some and not the others? I started to see a common theme. When I really wanted to do something, and maybe I didn't have the money to do it, I didn't have the time to do it, I had other responsibilities, but if I really wanted to do it, I found a way to do it. We can see this also in in the way we organize our day or or our life. I know for me, the more things I have to do, the more I get done. The less things I have to do, the less I get done. Because then you're stuck in the mind, you procrastinate, you put things off, and you don't do it. But when you really want to do something, I don't care how busy you are or how expensive it is, you will find a way to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have legitimate excuses that you have responsibilities or you have some obstacle that's getting in your way from doing it. But there's a couple things you need to look at. One is, what kind of life have you created if you can't do the things that you want to do? And this is a very important one because it's kind of related to a way of looking at what is success. We can say success is a financial situation or or some other barometer. But in my opinion, success is being able to do what you want when you want. And again, I'm not saying you don't have responsibilities and things that are difficult to work around, but if they're so difficult that you can't do what you want to do, What kind of life have you created? And you really need to evaluate this. I'm not talking about just, oh, I want to go to the movies today or I want to do this entertainment uh, thing for entertainment purposes today, but I'm talking about really life experiences. I, I know many people, when they learn about my lifestyle of traveling around, oh, I'd love to travel. This is what they always say but I, I, I don't have the time, or I have a family. And it's quite interesting because I remember when I first arrived in India, when you're traveling around here, you tend to go to certain parts of India during uh, during different seasons because of the climate. So when you're up in the mountains, it's usually in the summer because it's not so cold. And there's a lot of foreigners that kind of follow this seasonal travel throughout India. And I remember 
being in the mountains, and I met this girl. She must have been in her mid-20s, late 20s maybe. And she was a single mother traveling with a, a kid that was maybe one years old, two years old. I don't know how old, somewhere around there. And she was traveling by herself. And you think how easy it would have been to say, oh, I can't travel. I have a two-year-old uh, daughter, and it's very difficult. I'm alone. And she was able to do it. And, and she wasn't doing this because she had so much money. She was doing some arts and crafts along the way and selling these necklaces and, and this jewelry that she would make as she traveled. And so she wasn't financially independent. She wasn't uh, able to hire babysitters or to get help, or, but she did it because she really wanted to. She wasn't smarter than you. She wasn't more equipped than you, but she was dedicated to fulfilling the experience that she really wanted to have. When we look at why we don't have these experiences, we have to understand that if we really want to do something, we will do it. And if we don't, we have to examine why not. Part of it is related to what we've been talking about in the last several episodes of this false identification. Maybe you don't see yourself as a person who has this experience. Maybe you don't see yourself as someone who deserves this experience. And so we have a lot of self-esteem issues. We have a lot of false identification to maybe culture or economic situations or even personality. Oh, I'm too shy to put myself in front of this experience. So when you have difficulty taking these opportunities to experience things, you should look at, if I'm unable to do this, is it because I don't see myself as someone who is able to do this? And this is a big factor. And this brings along a lot of fear that maybe you're not good enough, maybe you're not equipped to have this experience, maybe you don't deserve it. There's nothing wrong with having these feelings or these false identifications, but you have to be able to recognize that you're having them and to not allow them to interfere with having the experience. Life is about experience. Not routine. Life is about experience. It's about having experiences and being able to reflect on them, to open yourself up, to allow yourself to see more aspects of yourself. The more you open yourself up to experience, the more you'll wake up. We learn about ourselves in relationship to experience. When we look at something that is different than we're accustomed to, it reflects back on us. Well, why is this different to me? And this is very common when you travel. When I first went to Spain, leaving the U.S., and you start to see the way people do things that's different then what you're accustomed to, the first thing you say is, what's wrong with these people? Why are they doing this? But 
hopefully you move on to the second step is looking back at yourself and say, well, why do I do it differently? And allowing yourself to start to see the difference in the possibilities and to understand that there's other ways to perceive yourself. And we do this in reflection. Everything is, is a mirror for you to look at yourself. And when you're able to have these experiences, they allow you to feel something different. They allow you to see something in yourself differently, and they wake you up. When you have very strong experiences emotionally, how do you feel afterwards? You feel stronger. You feel more alive because you're able to perceive yourself in a different way. If you start to have the same experiences day after day, you start to stunt your awareness. You stop growing. And we can see in our culture today that things are changing very rapidly. The traditional life of getting a a job, having a family, buying a house, having the the garden and the dog and the white picket fence is really going away to an extent. And it's doing that because it's not very healthy to stunt your growth. And this is what happens to many people. Not everyone. You can live a typical life where you have a job you go to every day and you have a family. There's nothing wrong with this. But when you get into a particular rut, doing the same thing every day, you start to stunt your awareness. You start to stunt your growth because you're not seeing anything different. And I I can look at people and see their friends, and you can tell how introspective they are. People who have friends that look like them, that are the same behavior as them, the same experience as them, These are people usually that are not so introspective, people who have such a diverse group of friends who inhabit different experiences. They tend to be people a little more introspective because everything is a reflection. And if you're looking at the same thing every day, how deeply are you looking at yourself? Another thing about Choosing to have these experiences or to being motivated to do something is you have to look at how you perceive your life, what is important to you in your life. Again, you make excuses, oh, I have this responsibility, I have that responsibility. And I say, if you've created a life where you can't do something that you really want to do, What kind of life have you created? So the question is then, what do you make the focal point of your life? What is the center of your life? Is it preserving your possessions? Sustaining a quality of life? Retaining your comfort? Or is it living experiences? Because more often than not, people hide behind excuses because they are attached to the way things are. They don't have fear of what's going to happen, but they have fear of letting go what they already know. 
and this is very common, is to be afraid to have an experience because you don't want to let go of what you already know. People put comfort and economics above experience. And this really limits your experience in this lifetime. If what you're doing is you're looking at comfort and economics as the number one reason for not having an experience. And I can tell you from my own point of view, this is a very difficult thing to to let go of. When I built up my life to make a very good living and live comfortably and to let it go, to have the experience that I'm having by moving around this world, by taking risks to do something that was not done typically or to live a unique path, it's very risky. And you have to let go of the economics and comfort that you're accustomed to. And unfortunately, often we see this as going backwards. We think if economically we're making less money than we made last year, that we're going backwards. Or if we had a better house, a better car before, and now we can't afford that, we're going backwards. And so this goes to what I'm saying is, what is the focus of your life? What is the focal point? What is the center of your life? What is important? And this is one, I think, good thing that this current pandemic situation has brought upon everyone is to reevaluate this. What is important? What should you be focusing on? Because we've had everything kind of taken away for some people more than others without really any choice. So this forced you into the situation of saying, well, what is the focus of my life? What should the focus of my life be? And what is really important to me? And what is getting in the way of me achieving my objectives, my intentions. And again, like I said, it's this fear, this false identification, and this loss of how you see yourself. These are the three things that are intertwined with your capacity to focus your energy to achieve what you want to. When we feel depressed, we, we lose this identification of who we think we are, and we start to lose this meaning in life. We feel that we lost our purpose. Then when we put this idea of who we thought we were, or we put our comfort in economics before these experiences, or this false identification that maybe I'm not the kind of person who is able to do this. This is one thing that the more experiences that you have, the more practice you have at breaking through these false identifications. I can tell you for myself, when I was going through the university and having this idea of what career I wanted to have and how I saw myself, it was very difficult to see myself as someone successful because this isn't the view I had up until this time. But then once I was able to achieve this, then you start to see yourself differently. 
And then again, then I said, okay, I've achieved somewhat what I wanted to economically, professionally, but it's not enough. How can I perceive myself differently to have a different experience? And psychologically, this is very challenging, but it's important for growth. It's important for finding your your true expression in life. And the one benefit of this current situation is that it's forced us to look at this. It's forced us to re-examine what's important and how we make excuses for not being able to do something. So if you're not pursuing a particular experience, then you have to be honest with yourself. If you're hiding behind this idea of insufficient resources or responsibility or family or whatever it is, you have to say, is this really the reason? And and if it is, what kind of life have I created where I can't do something I really want to do? If these false identifications are holding you back from exploring the life that you want to have, it's this idea of flexibility that you need to work on. To not put the value on these things that you're attached to, whether it's this particular lifestyle or or this way of looking at yourself, because all this identification, the false identification, is a hindrance to true freedom. And I've spent many episodes talking about this, almost every episode in some way. I've talked about this because it is the most important aspect of freedom, is letting go of these identifications. Because all these excuses are really part of this victim mentality. Thinking things happen to you. We, we look at these responsibilities, whether it's the bills, the mortgage, the kids, the, the relationships. We look at them as this chain around our ankle, holding us to this job or holding us to this life. We don't realize that This chain is not around our ankle, it's in our hand, and we're squeezing it harder and harder with all these excuses. And this is why it's this victim mentality, thinking that these things are happening to you. You've created this life. And we even use phrases that perpetuate this victim mentality. We say, oh, don't let anyone stop you. And this is victim thinking. Who can stop you? No one can stop you but yourself. You are the only one who can stop you from achieving what you want to. Now, it may not be easy. It may not be comfortable to have these experiences, but maybe this is part of the experience itself. Even the language we use to encourage people treats them like a victim. What do we tell people? We say, may your dreams come true. And what does this phrase infer? That hopefully your dreams will happen to you? I prefer another way of saying this. May you create the life of your imagination. This is a proactive way of looking at things. This means it's up to you to do it. Because the more you let go, 
the more beautiful life becomes. So may your imagination illuminate your path. And may you create the life of your imagination. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. I'm going to give you a meditation related to this episode. And the meditation is removing fear of the future. And I will provide a link to this meditation in the show notes on the podcast website at thestoryofmepodcast.com. You can see a link in the episode description. And if you go to the show notes, you'll see a link to this meditation with how to do the meditation. It also provides the music for this meditation. And it's very good to help you remove the fear that we're talking about today. Again, please submit questions for this episode I'm going to do on relationships. I'm going to have a co-host who is an expert in intimacy and emotional connection to help me answer your questions. So go to the storyofmepodcast.com and the contact page and you can record your questions. Any relationship, whether it's your partner, family, friends, colleague, anything related to emotional connection, intimacy, or any other issues that you're having in relationships, and send them to me so we can answer these questions for you. Continue to support the podcast by helping me get the word out there and sharing it with friends. I appreciate you doing this because it helps me get the word out and extend the reach of the podcast, and then I can get more guests on the show for you. And please show your support by giving a donation to the podcast. Go to the storyofmepodcast.com, and at the bottom of the website, there's a donate button, and make a donation to help support the cost of the podcast and helping it to continue. And for those of you who have made a donation, thank you. I appreciate it. And you can connect with me on all social media from the links on the website. Until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current 
that carries your words and actions.